Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, call me, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape, then we're the pod. All right, welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and today we have a very special episode going on for you guys. We're going to be breaking down the final official Star Wars Episode 9 trailer with Diego. He's come back onto the show to do this with me. He had a big freak out last time. He, uh, he, he, was, he was adamant about avoiding this trailer, and, and yet I have somehow managed to convince him to come over and record this breakdown with me. <laughs> so uh, I'm so happy that he did. So thank you, Diego, for coming on the show and, and doing so, because uh, it's it's a good show. It's a great show. We, we did a great job at breaking this trailer down uh, piece by piece. Talk about the chosen one, whether or not Anakin is coming back, uh, Palpatine's return, Ben Demption, uh, and uh, uh, Ray and Ben Solo team up. Oh man, there's there's so much to talk about. The Knights of Ren, the new cover on the Marvel comic book. That was crazy. This past week I saw that news. Insane. Uh, if, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google search Luke and Ben Solo in uh, Marvel Comics and I'm sure it'll come up. But anyway, let's, let's dive right into this trailer breakdown, shall we? Uh, let's go meet up Diego. Another happy landing. All right, welcome back, Diego. Thanks again for coming back on the Escape Pod. It's Not great to have problem, you. No problem, man. Good to be back. Yeah. Well, today's an exciting day because you and I are going to talk about the new trailer, which you were last time you were on the show. You expressed great disinterest in watching this trailer. Yes, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I am force feeding it down your throat. Yes. And uh, and we're gonna have a good discussion about this. So I just want to dive in right away. Let's just watch this trailer. And then we will discuss afterwards. All right. So, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. It's an instinct. if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. Together. 
are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Confronting fear, it's the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Okay, what do you think of that? All right, well, watching it, like, it, it looks good. You know, it, it's definitely, like, it, it sucks you in and it, it gets you glued to the front of your seat kind of thing. Uh, I can definitely see the rumors that we talked about on the last episode about, you know, Palpatine coming back and then, you know, seeing that this is truly, like, the end. Well, we know it's the end. So like Palpatine coming back and whatnot, like we see, okay, that's starting to look more and more confirmed. We actually hear his voice. Yeah. We actually get a glimpse. We don't see his face, but we get a glimpse of him in his chair, uh, looking down on Ray. Yeah, you saw you saw the side of his hood there. Yes. Yeah. Very similar to in uh, Return of the Jedi when Luke and Vader are in the Death Star and they're kind of in front of Palpatine, mm-hmm. and we see. Um, we see kind of like his hooded cloak and he's in that uh, chair. Yeah. Very similar looking to what we just saw here. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, definitely confirms, okay, we can expect to see Palpatine back exactly what they're going to do with him and his purpose for coming back. Not exactly clear. They just kind of like, you know, they just kind of say, okay, Hey, he's going to yeah. be in the movie, but uh, we don't know what he's going to do or his purpose. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, now, the other part of me is kind of like, uh, in my opinion, like with since Disney's uh, taking charge, in, in my opinion, they've kind of gone downhill uh, very much so. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be fair like I have been with the other movies and I'll go in and I'll watch it and uh, I'll be positive as much as I can. Yeah. But first first thoughts on the trailer it looks very very good yeah it, it, did you were you take were you at all surprised by this trailer i wouldn't say i wouldn't say surprised i would say in the little snippets that you see of like palpatine and stuff like you see you see you get a couple glimpses of battles that kylo ren and ray have uh you you for me, like it's it 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 was nice to see it, mm-hmm. uh, but I think as a whole, the whole trailer, it was just kind of like a movie trailer. It wasn't like really any large spoilers or anything like. Yeah, really it does. It does. The trailer does a good job at like not spoiling you, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But, but it still points the finger in the direction of where you think the story is gonna go. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, we do get that glimpse of Carrie Fisher's Leia yeah. giving Rey a hug. That footage we actually got in the last trailer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they don't want to give away what limited footage they have on, on Carrie. So, oh yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised we didn't see any more of her. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got some more shots of Lando. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was actually really cool to see. Yeah. So yeah. I, okay, what I want to do is I, I want to break down this trailer beginning to end, and then I want to talk about uh, about potential storylines that could come out of what we've seen mm-hmm. so far. But initially, though, I'll just give my reaction to it. Before seeing this trailer, obviously, I wasn't as excited as some people were for this movie. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've, you know, I've also been kind of like hurt by the whole Disney shift and, and yeah. the loss of the George era yeah. and the loss of his... The Lucas touch. So, yeah, yeah, his his potential sequel trilogy. Yeah. It could have been weird, but I think I would have loved it just like the prequels. Oh, yeah. Because I love the prequels and, and I think um, the sequels would have really grabbed a lot of threads that he started there. Yeah. But uh, whatever the case... We know that JJ did consult with George mm-hmm. before writing this movie. Yeah. So that was a sliver of hope that I had for something of a, I don't know. It's when I saw The Force Awakens, I kind of felt empty inside after watching it. It left me with a ton of questions. It did not feel like an episode seven. No. It didn't feel like a sequel to episode six at all. It was an episode four. It, it felt like, yeah, it, it felt like a whole new story was just beginning. Yeah. And it didn't feel like this was supposed to be the third arc of a nine part saga kind yeah. of thing. So I, I felt very empty when I walked out of the movie, as opposed to a lot of people who still to this day love that movie. They came out of it feeling insanely nostalgic. And I think The Force Awakens just mashed that nostalgia button oh, yeah. so hard. Like, yeah, it, it, like it, they broke it. They like, broke it like to the just, point when yeah. people went and saw The Last Jedi, everyone hated it because yeah. the nostalgic button was hit so many times. There was no nostalgia in Episode Eight at all. It was they brought all, Yoda back though. That they was, did. When they, they did, yeah. when they brought Yoda back, like I was like, whoa, that took that took me back. That I was like, that wow. that actually I that, wasn't that part. It. I expected them to do something like that Mm. i didn't know that they would only bring yoda back i thought that like back then i was for sure they would bring back hayden christensen as anakin skywalker i was like this has got to happen this has got to happen this trilogy it doesn't happen in this movie it's got to happen in the next and uh and you know sure enough like after yoda showed up though it gave me a sliver of hope that oh maybe they will show up at some point so we'll get into that in a bit with the Force Ghost thing, but yeah, uh, but yeah, okay. So let's let's break this trailer down. Yeah. So I'm just gonna start it over from the beginning. Um, first shot we get is is Ray running through the forest here, and this helmet pops on the ground. Okay, all right. So so this this shot here, uh, look. Did you see the training droid that's following her? She like deflects a little bullet. There, you see that? Yeah. Uh, so this planet, I'm assuming she's just training on it. Uh, but this planet, it was revealed that this planet could potentially be the exact same planet that we see the Death Star two on, which uh, is the you know the ocean, the ocean world or whatever that that is floating around it. This could be the same planet. I'm not entirely convinced that it is but there's strong evidence that it's the same planet that this uh that the the rebel blockade 
Corvette is is on that rises out of the forest. It looks like it could be the same planet as that. Right. So so yeah. So either way, we we get we get this this shot of uh, of Ray running through the woods, and then she's inside what looks to be the Death Star two. So that looks like she has already kind of gone across the oceans and intercepted the Death Star 2. She's inside the Death Star 2 at this point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, if there's anything left of it. Yeah. It was blown up, right? So. Yeah, in the film it does blow up and and yet they've still established that there's pieces left. Well, I guess. honestly, yeah, I was just going to say, you know what? They blew up the Death Star twice. Palpatine is back, so we don't even know. Like, we, we just... We don't even know what's going on now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, earlier this week, it's worth noting that um, Star Tours, uh, I guess, spoiled the name of the planet that the Death Star 2 remnants are on. And uh, let me just look it up here. Death Star, Death Star 2. Okay, Star Tours, Death Star 2, location uh, identified as the planet, the ocean moon planet of Kefbur. So it is not Endor. Yeah. A lot of people were thinking the Death Star 2 crashed on Endor in the oceans of Endor, I guess, if if Endor has oceans. And it is not Endor. It is the ocean moon of Kefbur is where the Death Star 2 crashed following the events of Return of the Jedi. Disney Parks blog revealed that news uh, uh, that Star Tours in Disneyland Resort, Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Paris and Tokyo Disney Resort would be adding the ocean moon that we've seen from the Rise of Skywalker's trailer as a destination on the same day as the release of the film on December 20th, 2019. So that is kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, this is Kef Burr that we're, that we're looking at possibly that she's inside the Death Star on floating around. And we got a shot of Finn with monoculars or binoculars. Yeah. Uh, in some sort of desert area. Another shot of Ray running through that woods. We've got a bunch of resistance fighters below Looks like they're having ship. a meeting. Yeah, Rose Tico. Oh, did you see Don, uh, Dominic uh, Monaghan's character back there? Uh, we'll go back. He's right behind Rose. Uh, right. Right there. No, right in the next shot. Right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Over her left shoulder. So yeah. he's the guy. He, he played a hobbit in the Lord of the Rings series. He was also on Lost. Mm. He's he's one of the new actors that's going to be showing up in the film. Right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he's hanging out in there in that shot. As pins, uh, Poe's new X-Wing fighter, Chewbacca and, and Finn hanging out in the woods again. There's that shit. Okay, and then we get another. Uh, so we got the sh- a shot of the rebel, uh, the rebel blockade runner, or the rebel corvette. I don't actually know what it's called. I don't know if it's the Tantive four or not. There's some sort of tsunami going four, on. Whatever you want to call it, Tantive, Tantive. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's questionable whether or not it actually is that ship or not. But yeah, yeah. cool. Um, this is a shot of Ray on one of the floating Death Star pieces. And she's got her lightsaber ignited, big waves crashing down. This is very reminiscent of, of Mustafar. Two. Oh, Mustafar. I was yeah, gonna, with all I was the thinking, lava. With all the lava spewing oh, out of the ocean or I, out of the uh, the lava rivers and everything. I was gonna say episode two, uh when uh when Oh Camino. On Camino, yeah when, okay. when Obi-Wan first meets Django Fett. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, uh, this is 
So in the background, if you look closely through the fog, that is a massive, massive piece of the Death Star right yeah, there, hanging the, back there. The so this little piece that she's on, see the sides? It's got these like vertical slats to it and a big turret kind of thing. It yeah. looks like a walkway. It looks like the walkway that Obi-Wan and Anakin were fighting on in Episode 3 when that massive spew of uh, lava like goes behind them. You know oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they uh, they eventually f- they drop down this, from that. Pillar. Yeah, they drop down from that pillar that falls down. Yeah, that's and right. And then they fight on those two yeah. droids on the lava. Yeah, it's okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, okay. in that entire sequence, while they're outside the the shields, you know that main mining facility or whatever. Yeah. Um, it looks very close to to like the, the how the waves are like crashing up against each other and spewing out all this mist. It looks like the the lava in a way, you know, like I, I like the imagery. Like just that's the going oce- on. oceanic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just an yeah. oceanic version. Yeah. yeah. And it goes with the film title color too. Like Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith was marketed as red and like fiery and lava. And this one it's being marketed with like blue text, like the Rise of Skywalker, you know, the Star Wars logo is marketed with blue. Yeah. And it's very ocean, uh, ocean. What's the word? Oceanic. Oceanic. Yeah. So. Then we get a glimpse of oh, Kylo Ren and. Ray fighting. People tell me they know me, but no one does. That's what she said, I think. Uh, but yeah, that Kylo Ren coming through the mist. I love that shot. Such a cool shot. Okay, this is one of the more interesting shots. We get a whole bunch of TIE fighters flying towards this big, icy... Superman-looking place. Yeah, almost like a fortress of solitude in a way. Yeah. So here's my question to you. Does that look like a reflection below that icy thing, or is it a completely different side? I th- well, I because think- at first I thought it was a reflection, but it's not. It doesn't look like like if you look very closely at the way that that mountain on the left side of that of the of the what looks like an island, right? It looks like an island with an ocean around it. Yeah, but it's actually like if you take a good look at the different halves, it doesn't mirror each other. Yeah, because at first glimpse, to me, it looks like these TIE fighters are fighting. They're flying, sorry. They're flying like kind of like the reflection kind of would look like what's an ocean. And then they're flying towards like a glacier. And underneath the glacier is kind of what looks like a city. Uh, That's what I thought. But then if you look to the right of the screen, you kind of get a glimpse of space. You can kind of see the stars there. Mm -hmm. So I'm not exactly sure what the whole deal with that scene is where exactly they are yeah it makes me wonder if this is just some big hunk of ice like floating in space or something like a big glacier or something yeah like a glacier in space like it's it's not the first i mean it could it could be possible that it's like a a massive icy meteorite or something like that like some some massive kind of like we've seen big asteroids in episode five oh yeah with that massive worm and stuff that attacks the Millennium Falcon. This could be just a big ice block kind of thing, you know? It could be. Yeah. So that would be new. That would be something that I have not seen in Star Wars. So that that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, changes things up for once. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, they, there's some buildings over there. It looks like there's some sort of maybe some Imperial base. On it. And yes, I'm, I'm using the word Imperial here. Because what we see soon here is Imperial class Star Destroyers. They're not First Order Star Destroyers. Yeah. You take a good look at those Star Destroyers. They actually have the the Imperial, the original trilogy look to them exactly, yeah. exactly the way we remember them. Yeah. So all the Tie Fighters. 
Palpatine's throne. We get a glimpse of his throne. It's very like long have I waited. Yeah, very. Oh man, this is Ralph McQuarrie's concept art for the Emperor's throne for for Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah, which they never used. And uh, it bears resemblance to Snoke's throne in a way, but it's got all these like jagged spikes coming out of it. So yeah, it's, it's like, kind of cool. Like thorns or something sticking out. Yeah. All this, and like, the misty chair smoke. kind of resembles in Return of the Jedi when they're, uh, when Vader and Luke are about to fight and Palpatine is just observing them in his actual seat. It looks very similar to it, mm-hmm. uh, but there's still thorns and stuff now, on the side. I hate to think that Palpatine had the empire carve him out this this throne i hate to think that that is the reason why this throne is here i like to think that there is some more ancient reason for there to be a chair conveniently placed like this in some in this place wherever this is yeah i don't think that the empire and i'll use empire not first order i don't think that they would make that for him like you said it would make sense that this is like a Almost something to do with the prophecy of the chosen one and bringing balance. Yeah, something more like mystical, you know. Yeah, yeah like you have yeah, the totally. chosen one who's going to bring order through the force, but you also have a Sith who's you know all mighty and powerful. So there has to be the two sides of the spectrum, yeah. right? Actually, so it it's be- funny that you bring that up because in the in the expanded universe in Legends, there is the Sith have their own tale of the chosen one, and they call it the Sithari. And the Sathari, Palpatine believes that he's the Sathari to bring peace to the galaxy by wiping out the Jedi kind of thing. Um, the the Sathari could very well be a prophecy. Like, we, we haven't seen it at all referenced in the new canon. Right. But it's, it's, it's likely that they might consider the fact that the Chosen One theory could have been misread. It could be... A tale Palpatine to- or, or it like it could have been a tale that was told on both sides. Yeah, exactly. It could yeah. be a tale told on both sides. It could be a tale that is both true on both sides. Could it could be. it could be it could be a tale because it's balanced, right? Yeah. So it might not be just a Jedi balancing the four. It could be a Jedi and a Sith both acting on their on their own sides that eventually brings the story to a close and the force to balance. So what we're looking at being this big jaggedy throne thing, mm-hmm. I really hope it's not just a, a, a throne made in Palpatine's vainness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope he didn't survive and, and crawl his way to this icy rock just to say, I want a stone chip right there. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, it, just, I, it just brings on the cheese level too much. Like it, I, it's I, much. I like to think that this is some ancient Sith shrine or a throne that he's like sitting on for some reason, some sort yeah. of like, sith obsidian that perhaps like is you know resonating some dark energy or whatever i, I don't know i don't so, know something something, just something anything. about this layer that gives him powers like there has to be specific like really really good reason yeah. why he's back how he's alive and why he's got a chair like this why like, you know like, like, why is he, like why has he got a chair that looks like you you know popped out of blackberry bush right? exactly it's just, it just I, yeah. I don't know it's just like i like it and and i'm like i hope that they have a good reason for it that's all i'm asking for like it's cool you want to bring back palpatine you could bring back jar jar banks at this point really yeah but as long as there's a really really good reason for it then it's like okay well that's it's the key. just it's that's justified, totally the key yeah you know but i like i like to think that george was brought on for a reason like as a consultant this time around i like to think that they brought him back properly 
and not yeah. just and didn't just figure, hey, this let's just bring movie, Palpatine man. back. This is it. This, this is it. Yeah, this is this is, it. is, this they, is the they last got a, one. This is their last shot. Exactly. Yeah. So okay, so a shot of Palpatine's chair. What's next? Star Destroyer, That's Imperial star destroyer. class Star Destroyer, see that. That crashing is, out of the ice. Yeah, you can clearly see that. That is the shape of the front because it, it yeah, the long. It's got those shields on the top. The shields on either on the side. Top. It's the it's the long piece here, and then the neck is long like that. It's clearly what we would see in Episode Four, Five, Six. Yeah, it, yeah, totally. And is that? Do you think that is ice, or do you think that's rock? I want to. I want to say it's rock. Uh, I think it's the same place that this throne that Palpatine sits is on, which is a very, it's a very stone room. Like the floor is stone. The walls are all stone. The chair is made of stone. It could be stone that it's breaking through. At the same time, it could also be the same place that we just saw with the TIE fighters where it's just ice, right? Yeah. So it could be, it could be ice. Um, Yeah. Let's... Uh, oh my goodness okay this shot this yeah. shot has been circling around online people have been pointing out ships for the last week on this shot mm-hmm. there are ships going all the way back to the phantom menace popping up there's ships from rebels hammerheads there's uh the ghost the clone wars the show you can see these ones yep there's stuff from the clone wars that um, one kind of looks like jango fett or boba fett's ship that one oh you see a fire spray 31 where is that right here Kind of like not exactly, but the, the oh, shape. Okay, maybe yeah. Um, uh, you see the one down at the bottom left of the Falcon. Bottom look- left of the Falcon. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's uh, it's right, it's right there, with the. It almost looks like a lat gunship, but it's not. It's it's got these two wings and two jet turbines on either side. It almost oh, looks like it an airplane. World, it looks like a World War II airplane. Yeah, almost, right almost something like that. Okay, that looks yeah. very reminiscent to uh, a bounty hunter ship that popped up during the Clone Wars, and I don't. It looks very familiar as well to the one that the Mandalorian might have, but uh, I'm not entirely sure. I have. I, it's been a while since I looked at photos from the Mandalorian. Um, I think it is in the trailer, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But uh, then we get the Millennium Falcon, of course. And behind the Millennium Falcon, I don't know if you saw that, but the ghost from Star Wars Rebels. You haven't seen Star Wars Rebels, but oh, yeah. uh, the main ship from Star Wars Rebels is in this in mm-hmm. this shot, like primarily featured right behind the Falcon. I like to think that it is General Syndulla, who is a primary character of that show, mm-hmm. driving the ship. That would be awesome. Uh, let's let's see what's next. What's the next shot? Uh, Friends in the Falcon, and then Ray dueling Kylo Ren again. Something blowing up. It must be a planet. Some ocean speeder. So this is the scene I want. Three PO being reprogrammed. Oh, this is where the music swells and it gets so emotional. Yeah, I just want to rewind it just very briefly. So there's a, a shot of C3PO. Look, look, look over look over 3PO's right shoulder. Yeah. Against the wall. Yeah, here. Yeah. It's a B1 battle droid. Kind of tough to see. Yeah, it's a B1 battle droid. Huh. It's got the yellow... Oh, oh yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah, it is. The, it's totally. a B1 battle droid from the Phantom Menace. Wow. Yep. Huh. I know they made a few practical ones for that film. It's very possible that 
they still had them lying around the shop, you know, the, the archives or the, uh, uh, the, the, the Lucasfilm vault down at the ranch. And they probably were just decided to, to throw it in there. Um, mm. I don't think it has any significance in this movie. I think it's cool to see though. It's it is cool to see. It's cool to see that they've utilized that, you know, that, that prop. Um, it's awesome. It's like, it's, I wouldn't say I would group that in with tying up things in the prequel trilogy in this movie. I would, I would say it's a nice little Easter egg, but, yeah. um, but you know, in no means do I take this as like, Oh yeah, you know, we're getting, we're going to get some prequel stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. Way. No, it's, it's a cool little nod. I think this is more the kind of stuff that we should have gotten in the force awakens as well. Yeah. I know on, on in the force awakens when they got to Maz, Maz, Maz Kanata's castle at one point in the trailer shot, they had Anakin's pod racing flag hanging with all the other flags in that courtyard. And then when you, when I watched the movie, they'd taken it out. So it, I I don't know if maybe JJ saw that in the trailer that someone had stuck it in and then he's like oh just take out that flag you know that's the only one we don't want um, it's very possible that could have happened it's could it's possible that maybe something happened in the visual effects department the texture got lost who knows yeah um, but uh, it it's cool to see that JJ being the helm of this movie is opening up to prequel references mm-hmm. and here we are sitting watching a, the last trailer of the last movie and we're seeing a b1 battle droid yeah like that's that that's but cool that's something cool. very peculiar about that scene that we're we're describing right now we there's a the shot is basically c-3po and he's got a bunch of wires going to the back of his head mm-hmm. and he's getting it might be reprogrammed or something but he says that someone asks him c-3po what are you doing he says i'm getting one last look at my friends so I wonder what they mean by that because if you think about it, like mm-hmm, yeah. C three PO and R two D two are very important characters because well, they're the think, storytellers. They are yeah. man. They they've been in every single movie. They've seen every single battle. They've seen they've seen everything. They yeah. they are very much a part of the story. So when I hear C three PO saying getting one last look at my friends, I don't know if that's maybe in anticipation because they're going to a battle and he's he's maybe uh unsure of the return or is it like he's gonna sacrifice himself for something we're not sure but when i mm-hmm. hear that it kind of puts me on the edge because like you know he's a very important character yeah and, and to see him go that's well gonna there hurt, was you know? in the other trailer if you remember there he has red eyes yes i do remember so that. Yeah. so th- that shot could be could be after this shot so i don't know what there is no dialogue in that shot in the other no. trailer, but but it makes me wonder if they are reprogramming him to be almost like a an, a, an assassin droid. We, we've we've seen images floating around the internet of C three PO carrying a gun, <laughs> a blaster. <laughs> so it's possible that that um, shot that three PO is being, you know, he wants to serve as a soldier and not just a. A protocol droid that you know he like I'm, I'm maybe something comes up that they need 3po to be part of a mission and he's not Could battle be. he's not battle capable yeah. so now they're now they're putting anthony daniels to the physical limits of of having him partake in some action but uh yeah who knows which um, would also be I, i'd be pretty stoked to see them in battle, it would be pretty yeah. cool i, I must yeah. say like that would be fantastic i, I feel like the only real action we've ever got with 3PO and R2 was in that sequence in Attack of the Clones in the Geonosian uh, battle droid, uh, the battle droid, uh, 
factory. Yeah. Where where they're flying around. They they end up saving Padme and Anakin. Yeah. Or I guess Padme, but uh well, R2 does. 3PO has a bit of a you know, situation with his head. Yeah, he loses <laughs> uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh but you know, it, it's uh you know, and they, they have their moments in the original trilogy for sure. Yeah. But uh, that's like the biggest sequence I think we've ever seen with those two droids. Yeah. Yeah, episode three when they're about to fight Grievous in one of the very first scenes in the movie, and R two D two is uh, oh yeah, that's R two yeah, that's yeah. R two for sure yeah. R two's definitely lost a lot of his screen time in this sequel trilogy, which is kind of sad. De- but definitely. it's cool to see that they've now brought back their characters as a primary part of this film, and I think I think JJ learned a lot when he made the Force Awakens. I think. You know, like from from what we've criticized about the film, and there was a lot of missed opportunities in that film. But um, I think he is definitely like, I'm sure the guy has criticized himself. Like, no director makes a movie without looking back on it and thinking, "Oh, I could have done that differently. Oh, I could have shot that differently. I could have oh, yeah. added this in the story. You know, I could have taken that part out." There's there. It's always an. I mean, George Lucas is the master of that. He's always he's always gone back to his movies and redone them over again like he's you know remastered them and added scenes and taken some out and changed some and yeah like originally Jabba the Hutt is not the slug we all know and love he was actually yeah, just a big guy he, he was just a yeah. big fat guy in the original one yeah um yeah. yeah but he's always changed stuff so yeah so he's very always indecisive an, exactly yeah it's, yeah it's it's an artist's work you know <gasps> yeah me. an artist is never happy with their final result unless yeah. unless you're the kind of artist that can be and then you know that's great but yeah. uh but yeah george was never that guy he's always wanted to improve on his on his work and definitely um evolutionize his storytelling and uh i'm sure jj has self-criticized and and uh he's using this second second chance at a star wars film to make some corrections and it's cool to see that he's bringing back r2 and 3po that's that's yeah. a good choice so definitely Last look, sir. My friends. R2. It's Christmas. Okay. Finn, Chewie, Poe charging down some troopers in a hallway. Oh, I love that line from Luke. Hey, listen, listen to what Luke says. And we get some more shots of Leia and Rey. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. I like I, I love that line so much. Like it's 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 really reminiscent of what we've seen throughout the saga. Anakin is constantly facing fear. He's fe- he's he fears for his mother in the in the very first movie. He's taken away from his mother and he fears for his mother. Kiadi Mundi said it himself when there, he's interviewing Anakin in the Jedi Temple. Um, in the second movie, he fears for the loss of his mother constantly through nightmares and dreams, and then he does. And then in the third movie, he's fears fearing for, for his wife. Wife, yeah, yeah, and which he, he ends up ends up turning to the dark side to save her, which doesn't help at all. In fact, it it actually he just aids puts his definitely. life in that direction itself. Like he yeah. he becomes the thing he was he was fearing to. Uh, he, his life becomes what he he was fearing it to be yes. because of the decisions he made to prevent it. From, from happening and uh, and then in episode four Luke he, he's afraid to leave he's you know he, he has a whole other season of moisture farming to do he doesn't want he doesn't have time for saving the galaxy and yeah. um, you know he has to face his fears face down an empire 
uh, the whole rebellion does. And, uh, you know, that's apparent in Rogue One as well. Um, and Empire Strikes Back, uh, he has that moment with Yoda on Dagobah. And uh, he gives in to his fears to rescue his friends. But in the end, he loses a hand and discovers the awful truth that Darth Vader is his father. And and he kind of pays the consequences. But but that was definitely a fear facing moment for him. And then the return of the Jedi, he faces his fears one more time. And he has to he has to face down the emperor and face his father one last time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and the force awakens. We we have a few fear facing moments with with um, with Ray, who comes from nowhere, comes from nothing, and and she has to go up against Kylo Ren by the end of the film, and uh, yeah, but yeah, no, fear facing fear is is such a prominent part of the saga, and I, the last one I want to mention is is Luke facing his fear of losing Ben to the dark side, and what he does is exactly what his father did. He does, he has a flicker of of hope that he can prevent what is going to come, what he thinks is going to come, but through that moment of weakness, he ends up provoking Ben to grab his lightsaber, start the fight, and then he basically turns him into Kylo Ren. Yes, from what we've gathered. Yeah. in that in that flashback in, scene. Yeah, so it's both Anakin and Luke's failure that they gave in to fear, and thus ends up promoting what we see as the result, which is some kind of downfall of their failure. Because Anakin gave into his fear, he, in the end, result became Darth Vader, lost Padme. Uh, whereas Luke gave into his fear, he lost Ben Solo to Snoke, and his whole entire, you know, Jedi uh, little academy going on came crashing down on him and he had nothing left so you know facing fear is the destiny of any jedi every every jedi it's a jedi's job i think to face fear um so it's it's really really nice to see luke who we saw being a you know a, a depressing moping guy in the last film to come back and be so optimistic about encouraging ray i'm assuming that's who he's talking to um and giving her guidance on on facing her fears um, that that's a really cool part, and I really like that they put that line in the trailer. So, um, so yeah, we got to see on the speeder here. Uh, BB-8, BB-8's like I guess doing R two D two stuff. Yeah, doing R two D stuff. They blow up a candor, and there's like yellow paint that gets thrown everywhere. Boom! Oh yeah, some excitement. Lando and Chewie and the Falcon, Y wings taking down a star destroyer, and more space horses. Yes. Now these things have a name. I can't remember off the top of my head what it is. BB-8 is leading the charge of this stampede. Um, a lot of people have pointed out online that uh, he's not in Poe's X-wing or something in in some of the shots in this film, and um, I think it's because he's actually in in the battle. But uh, okay, let's just soak this in for a I second. I hope he dies. Let's just soak in what we're looking at here. We're looking at Star Destroyers flying in space, and yet they must not be in space. They must be in some sort of gravity well of some kind because there's horses running on top of them. Now, this this does look like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but this kind of looks a little weird. There's like horses on, on a Star Destroyer. Like, I never 
for my life thought I would see horses running on a Star Destroyer. Yeah. But um, it, it is it is kind of interesting to think that that ice thing that I was talking about, the ice, the ice island or whatever, it, it's cool to think that maybe these Star Destroyers are in this almost like this gravity atmosphere around that, that these horses are able to like, you know, stay stuck to these Star Destroyers. Unless these horses like, self-emit gravity they're, they're they don't look like they're floating around to me so no. No, uh, they're definitely charging yeah right? and it is a flying <laughs> ship and and i can't see any planet below them so it's it's interesting to think that they are in the vastness of space perhaps in a gravity pocket of some kind it could be a planet and with some sort of space station that they're at maybe maybe it might be a, yeah it. it might be a space station yeah but it's yeah. interesting to think that they're in some sort of gravity well or some sort of gravity mm-hmm. pocket yeah that they're able to stay on top of this ship without flying away so, uh, yeah, just an interesting t- thing to note. The story lives forever. Oh, okay. Yeah. This shot. So Kylo this is Ren definitely... and Rey in the Death Star 2. This is, that's the Emperor's throne you right there. You can definitely see the chair. that It's melted. You can definitely see the glass behind. Yeah. You can see they're in the exact same spot that we see Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker fight in Return of the Jedi. The exact yes. same spot. Yes. The Emperor is missing from his chair and Rey is standing where Vader was standing and Kylo Ren is standing where his uncle Luke is standing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Rey's got her saber ignited. Kylo Ren looks like he's talking to her without provoking any fight whatsoever. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, that's that's a really cool shot. I really like this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got Finn freaking out where <laughs> Kylo Ren and Rey were fighting on that big long platform in the ocean. It's yes. probably one of the Death Star chunks. He's freaking out saying Rey. And uh, behind him is that new character. I cannot remember her name. Um, it's the one that everyone speculates that's possibly Lando's daughter. Hmm. Um, she's one of the horseback riders. Uh, yeah, so you get that. Okay, this shot. Uh, Kylo Ren and Rey... They destroy... Smashing up what looks to be Vader's helmet. Yeah, I was going to say, we see in The Last Jedi... I can't remember if it was The Last Jedi or Force Awakens, but we see... It's Force Awakens, yeah. Force Awakens. So, we see Kylo, if you go back to Force Awakens, he's looking at the helmet of Vader. And yeah. It's all destroyed. And he has that line. He's, he's got that line. It's like, uh, he's like, show me, grandfather. Yeah, something the, like that. The power of the dark side. Yeah, he, he wants something like that. <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like it, the helmet, like Vader's helmet was on a stand. They both destroy it. And we can definitely see that shot, the white, very uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. We're on, when they're on Cloud City. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much reminiscent of that. They're destroying this stand or mantle or whatever that the helmet is on. Uh kylo ren is wearing his his mask so not sure what the purpose of it is totally but it's pro if i had to guess it's probably saying something to do with forget the past or something or uh, something like that i'm not exactly sure where they're gonna go with that scene, yeah but yeah it's 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 also uh, been uh pointed out online in other breakdowns that ray is holding a dagger in her left hand i'll try i'll try and Bring it up on screen by playing and pausing. Doesn't that but. look like where you know in some shots in the original when Vader is meditating or something? Yeah, it kind of looks like that. How the bit. door goes up and down. Yeah, very yeah. much look like it. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it's a good point. Okay, there. So look at oh, her. Yeah, yeah, look yeah, at yeah. her head. She's carrying some sort of knife. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know what that is, but it looks like it could be an ancient weapon of some kind. Um, I, I have also self-speculated that it could be a temporary visual effect swap for a, light, a, a second lightsaber hilt. Could be. So, so like if she, if she is carrying another lightsaber on her, because the rumors have been circulating that, that there is a second blue lightsaber in this movie, um, that could be very untrue. I don't know. Uh, but if she is holding that lightsaber, there is, there is, can you see the blue hue around her? Yeah. It's like this, uh, it's like this lens flare of some kind that's just curving around her body on one of the last frames of the shot. But, uh, it's, it's possible that there could be a second blade that was not being rendered in this shot. Uh, it could be a second hilt that is being temporarily swapped out with, a makeshift weapon of some kind. I don't know why they chose to use a dagger. I could be very wrong about this. I could be very, very wrong about this, but it, it very much looks like it could be a second lightsaber. Yeah. Like it could be a temporary visual effect swap for what will be a lightsaber. Right. Um, they painted out, you know, the lightsaber. It's just a speculation. I don't know that that could be very untrue, but, uh, you know, it might be, it might just be the dagger, but, um, it's just interesting to think like, okay, well, it's an odd thing to have in this trailer. We don't see her carrying around a dagger in any other shots. And we see Ray quite a bit more than most of the other characters in this trailer. And we've seen her previously in other trailers. So it's, and I've not once seen this dagger. It's funny you mentioned that in the other trailer, uh, there was one shot where we see what, what, what looks like Ray and she's got, a dual. Oh yeah, it's it's Ray with the double edge. Yeah, double blade of lightsaber. But it's yeah. red. So yeah. I want to know what that's. Oh about. yeah, I like, wonder. Well, a lot of people are just instantly convinced on the fact that it could be a vision of some kind about her possible fate if she gave into the dark side. Yeah. Because we got tin, we got hints of that in the Last Jedi that that she went straight for the dark side when she went for that cave to find answers. She basically gave into the temptation of the dark side to uncover those answers. So. It's possible that there could be some more hints uh, that build on top of that, hinting that her lineage even or her destiny could lie in the dark side and she could be the character that refuses it. Whereas all the other characters we've seen, their destiny lies in the, in the light side and very frequently have turned to dark. So that goes for Anakin and Ben Solo. Like they're, they weren't. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Anakin was it. Maybe it was a part of his destiny to give up the light temporarily who knows um but uh and i want to get into that a little bit later um there's some information that i uncovered recently which which is very interesting to that subject but uh but yeah no it's it's uh it's interesting this shot is very interesting and it's also interesting to me i don't know where they are it's some white room somewhere it looks it looks very death star ish to me like if you look at the walls it's got those horizontal roundish light paneling uh that's something we've seen pop up in the first order ships and areas uh it's also something that the empire was known to have so it's very likely that this could be a place that maybe kylo ren has maybe maybe it's his place maybe it's his hood i don't know uh there's also is that um you mentioned that that looks like some sort of medical chamber 
in the middle there. Yeah, so it, it, to me, it looks like uh, if you if you kind of think about the originals and the scenes that we get of uh, Darth Vader meditating, and with when that door opens or closes, we kind of it has the same kind of outline where it kind of comes down like this and locks in like that or yeah. opens up like that. That's the kind of setting I get. But yeah. that background, like I just think, uh, basically when lando in empire strikes back when lando takes him into the room land pull or uh, han solo pulls out his blaster goes to fire at vader he stops the blast in the air force pulls his blaster out of um his hand that white background that just screams empire strikes back to me yeah uh but um i i want to know where this is and we'll obviously figure it out in the movie but it's it seems to me that throughout this whole trailer, this is the second time we're watching it now, that they're placing very familiar looking backgrounds yeah. in the movie, which is cool to see. I, I'm definitely all over that. It could also be temporary backgrounds too. Like we don't we don't know if they because there's a few shots in the Force Awakens trailer that did not show up in the film. Yeah. So this could be JJ screwing with us again. Yeah. Misleading wouldn't, us. Wouldn't be surprised, yeah. but yeah. Okay, so let's finish this shot. Uh, okay, we got Poe and Finn and 3PO mm -hmm. in a light. Some sort of light. Looking into something suspiciously. And another shot. Uh, look, there's BB-8 leading the charge of the horses on yeah. one of these Star Destroyers. And it's actually facing a different direction than all the others, which is kind of interesting. So maybe it's possible that the, that the rebels capture oh. a star destroyer or, or they take control of one and uh, i don't know maybe they're controlling it to face against the other one but ones. they're flying these look like first order ships they that do is definitely yeah an imperial one that's that's one of the new uh the new one of the newer tie fighters uh that, that have the, the diamond shaped wings on yeah. them yeah. yeah and i i believe they called it a sith trooper a sith trooper tie fighter or something trooper let me, let me google it here Sith Trooper TIE Fighter. Because I did see something about this. Uh, yeah. Sith Trooper's TIE Dagger, it's called. TIE Dagger. A TIE Dagger. Yes. So there is two TIE Daggers flying above the horses in this shot. There, they look like this. So they got a red edge to them. And uh, they're mostly black. And then the cockpit is a little bit of an off-white, bluish tinge that we've seen from most of the TIE Fighters. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, that's, that, that is what you're looking at there. So uh, let's... Uh, oh, no, my, my YouTube crashed. Oh, no. Just go back to history. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I think I, I, think I got it. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> X-Wings, B-Wings, look at that. Yeah. Those ships flying by. And a shot of Ben Solo. Okay, now this shot's kind of interesting. A lot of people have speculated about this as well. It's, it's a very vague background what we're looking at. It's like a, like a foggy, bluish environment. So that could very well be swapped out later on. Uh, we got a typical J.J. Abrams lens flare at the bottom there. Uh, but look at the piece of machinery that's behind him. To the left in the bottom corner, does that look like a Bacta tank that's empty? Kind of. It looks like, to me, it looks like the Bacta tank that Vader had 
in in Rogue One. I'm more concerned about the shot on his forehead. What I think, look, if you look at his forehead, uh, it seems you know when Anakin back in Episode Two and Three he has premonitions. Uh, when I see what's on Kylo's forehead there, to me that just looks like when the vision is appearing and then you see something like Padme or whatever. To me, on it, it's weird to think of it like this, but to me, I see like one of Anakin's premonitions going on on Kylo's forehead. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it looks. It, yeah, it look. It looks kind of like a refraction of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. So he could be looking at something that that shows him that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good observation. I don't think it's like a a uh, premonition going on on his face there, but like it's. It, it, he could be looking at something that is reflective yeah. and it could be showing him something like he's got this look on his face it's he like he could be seeing a vision or it could just be a light issue it could be just yeah, it could lighting be just a lighting lighting, lighting in his face something yeah no but that piece of machinery there it looks very close to, it's got the red lights on it it's got white lights antennas yeah it looks like it could be floating um let me look up darth vader's well the back one on the, the one in the close to the center there kind of resembles those we see on hoth yeah yeah exactly um okay so this is darth vader a picture of darth vader's back to tank from from rogue one so we get a that see the same kind of coils and wires at the top hanging down I don't see any lights on this one, but there is a, a center tube in the middle. On on the sh on the trailer shot, it's empty. There's nothing in it. But on the in the Rogue One shot, it's all foggy and filled with water, uh, of course. But uh, it makes me wonder though. Like there is that there, the shot when Vader's servant enters the room and there's two royal guards standing on either side of the back to tank. It looks very very close to that style of machinery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like it looks super reminiscent. Yeah, you can Aside from the lights like lining up pro like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it looks super super close. Um anyway, let's let's uh let's let's play the shot here. Um, story lives forever. Oh, we have watched this one. All right. The most interesting shot of this entire trailer. Ray facing the emperor. Yes, we Kay. see the. We don't see the emperor's face. We just see no. him in some sort of chair. We yeah. see some sort of tank on the left hand side. It's got some sort of line going to him. Maybe that's some remember sort of breathing the leaks? apparatus. Who knows? Remember the leaks that we were talking about last time? Yeah. Okay. So spoiler alert for anyone who didn't listen to our last episode, the Star Wars episode nine leaks. But here we go. I'm bringing it up. We talked about a vertical chair. Of some kind that the Palpatine was strapped to, that that allowed him to walk through the room or or something like he enters the scene in this in this vertical chair, this life support system, and it's essentially his wheelchair. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It, it's you know, and and look, like look, he's he's like towering over Ray, yeah, and. I like this is not the stone throne that that we saw in the, that other shot. This is not it. This is this is a piece of machinery that is stuck and tracking to Palpatine's body because the shot moves and and this piece of machinery moves with him. Like if you look at him very closely, it's moving with him, and uh, and she's 
kind of cowering a little bit. This is the first time we've seen Ray like back off a little bit. Like she when she was it's facing Darth Sidious. Man. Well, like, yeah, this well, like is the this Lord is of the Sith and right this here. is what I like to see because when we saw Ray face Snoke, she just went all for it. Like you know, she went twice at him, grabbing Kylo Ren's lightsaber and igniting it, and yeah. you know, uh, such an irrelevant character. Snoke, oh yeah, man. but it's Snoke yeah. And, so we'll, we'll get answers. We'll get answers. I'm sure. But yeah. but but she she went after him like fearless, and yeah. and you know, and Snoke got the better of her. But but uh, and, like just totally force grabbed her and started draining her of secrets, kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, we see Palpatine. But Palpatine takes her. one step towards, and she kind of backs up a little bit. Yeah. And look, she's reaching for I think it's her blaster on the right hand side. I've watched this shot a few times over and over again, and she does look like she's reaching for the blaster and slowly pulling it out of her holster. Yeah. So it's it's very likely that she's gonna try and take a shot on him. I don't think it's gonna work full of her. So no. Well for her. Yeah. No. No. The, the, that that blaster is gonna go flying into the pit behind her. Yeah. Because that, that's also another thing worth mentioning. It does look like there's a some sort of pit, uh, maybe like some sort of twenty cliff. meters, not even behind her. Yeah. Yeah, there's like some crevice of some kind. So yeah. yeah, she's kind of cut off at the back there. And there's some interesting pattern work on the ground. So I don't know if that's going to be replaced later on or what, but uh, there does look like there's some kind of pattern going on in the ground. Um, those lines, you know, that's uh-huh. it's kind of interesting. So, uh, oh, also at the very last like couple frames of this shot, I'm going to try and pause on the right second here. You do see something in this Palpatine shot. Okay. Oh, I just missed it. Okay. Look at his shoulder. His right shoulder. You'll see two fingers pop out. So he's reaching out his hand. Okay, so look at his shoulder, right? Okay, look at the very, very edge and stay focused on that edge. Because the very last couple frames, you're gonna see, right yep, you're gonna see his like his three fingers or two fingers slowly reach out. Yeah. Oh yeah. You see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's reaching out his hand. He's gonna do force. He, oh, totally. He's gonna yeah. rip that blaster out of her out of her hand before she even gets a shot on him. But yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was really cool because at first I was like. Why didn't they show Palpatine in the trailer? Like, they showed him, but they didn't show him. Yeah. You know, they, they showed him in the trailer, there's, there's, but there's yeah. no face. And it's like, is it even, More. is it even, even McDermott? Is it, is it Matt Smith? There's been, there's been rumors that Matt Smith is coming in. He played a Doctor Who. He's, he, there's rumors that he's been coming back or coming into Star Wars to play a young Palpatine. Mind you, I don't know why young Palpatine would be strapped to a medical chair. But but yeah. uh, so so I I am ninety nine percent sure this is Ian McDermott stretching out his his hand, and we don't see his face yet in that shot. But if it's anybody but Ian, I, I don't know. It yeah. has to be. Like, yeah, it's, it's got to be. It's got to it be. I mean, his voice is in the trailer, so yeah. it's it's yeah, it's yeah. him. It's him. We hear his laugh. So yeah, it almost it almost makes me think like, come on, man, like come on, JJ, just just show us a shot. Show us a shot of his face or his eye, even like something, something like show that. show show. Him I don't like want to see like, like two just, inches just of his hood, like yeah. two inches of his hood. It's like, come on, that's nothing. That's peanuts. At, at the same time, I don't want to see it because I want to get the full like experience. The full, the full, uh, yeah, the full. Uh, 
the the proper introduction in the movie. Yeah, he's just, he's just he's just like sprinkling like the teas yeah. on there. He's just yeah. Well, we know that he's gonna be back. Yeah, but we know this. Yeah. but yeah, okay. Uh, let's just get through this final shot. Hold yeah. on a second. Force will be with you. The force will be with you, and then look, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. That's Leia saying always. It makes me wonder if she's at this point in the film, she's possibly dead. A force ghost of some sort. Yeah. All right, December 20th. Tickets available now. If you haven't got your tickets, better get on it. Uh, anyway, that is the trailer. And we're going to go see it. Now let's, let's do some speculating here. So I want you to answer me this. What is the likeliness that Hayden Christensen is going to come back as Anakin Skywalker of some way, some form, whether it's a voiceover or a force ghost or he's just there in the flesh? What do you think? Quite honestly, man, like part of me says extremely unlikely, like 100% not going to happen. However, Palpatine is back. So at this point, if Palpatine is back, there's got to be one really good reason for it. Otherwise, you know, it's just, you know, a nostalgia button that they're going to mash. But at any rate, if they bring him back, uh, same thing. Like just with Palpatine, just like they got to do if they bring uh, uh, Anakin back, they have to give it some sort of reasoning. Uh, But I would be excited to see some sort of force ghost or like, uh, you know, like on a, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you want this to happen? Ten being yes, absolutely. Five. Really? Because at this point, like, I would don't get me wrong. If I see it and it happens, I'll be ecstatic. But I can't expect anything because they're mm-hmm. bringing Palpatine back. So for me, that's a huge step, right? Did you so, Did you ever watch Solo? I actually never watched Solo. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna watch Solo after we watch like Clone Wars and, and all that, just so that you get the full effectness of that story. But they did something as told. They brought, I'm sure everyone listening to this has probably seen Solo. They, they, they did something at the very end of that movie that I had no idea they would do. And, and it was beyond the level of surprise that I had during Rogue One. Uh, at the very end of that film, there, you know, Vader tears apart that hallway going Which was the that best was scene. The most badass scene I think I've ever seen that, in the saga. But, I, yeah, like I have to give it to Disney on that. On Rogue One, that scene was like, the, yes, that is Vader. That is him. That is him, you know, like just before episode four, not quite like still, you know, like scary. It's Darth Vader. Yeah. Right? That is like one hundred percent. They utilize like, his full potential in that yeah, moment. They, yeah, they, for they, sure. They, you know, he's choking people. He's grabbing blasters. He's like terrorizing these people. Like, yeah. fantastic. When I saw that, I like, I like, I like jumped out of my seat. Oh I man, was, I get, uh, I, I like, get, oh. I get like, I get the, chills. The chills. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like my, yeah. my, like I start to get chicken pox kind of thing. Like yeah. on, on my, or what it was it called? Goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah. Go- not chicken pox. Goosebumps <laughs> on my arm when I watch that scene. I get, yeah. I get major goosebumps. I, I constantly, I'm just so excited, you know. Yeah. And uh, but no, they did something at the end. It didn't. It wasn't exciting. It was very surprising to me what they did with Solo uh-huh. and what because it was of all films, it was. A, a movie about Han Solo. This to me removed any doubts that Lucasfilm will hold back with episode nine. 
And and it was and this is the last movie that we saw on the big screen was Solo. So going from Solo to this movie, Lucasfilm, I guess the storytelling that will happen, they're they're not reserving anything. I don't I don't think that there is any doubt in their mind that it that that if they say, oh, what we can let's pop Anakin in the movie, like you know, like a couple years ago when I saw the Force Wiccans. Never would have thought they would have done it. Like I would have had like five percent sureness that like yeah. it would have even been a possibility. Yeah. Now it's something that I wanted. It's something that I've been hoping for. But after I saw Solo and what they did with that, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but but I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about. What they did with that basically showed me that they are willing to take the risks. They're willing to take the risks of storytelling and fan servicing doing things that the fans want. And I think after JJ's first run at Star Wars, it was the first to give Disney credit. It was the first Star Wars movie that they did. So I'm, I'm not like the biggest fan, but, but you know, it was, it was a good movie. It was successful. It's just, it wasn't the movie I wanted, but, but whatever the case, they've moved from that to an era now of focusing on what the fans want. They're bringing back Clone Wars. They, you know, the live action show Mandalorian is going to be amazing. It, like I know it, they're doing a Kenobi series with with you and McGregor with you with you and McGregor. Yes, like like yes. yeah, like, Con- confirmed. He said it. He's yes. Going to do it. And and the Last Jedi in itself, I know a lot of people don't like the movie. I actually like it more than the Force Awakens, purely because it took more risks than the Force Awakens did. It it did something different. It it actually it it surprised me. And I know the argument can be made that surprises in a movie. Don't make it a good movie, whatever. Like, like that's fine. That's fair enough to say. But either way, I was surprised. And when you watch a movie, you want to be surprised. Like, it's just, it's just the natural progression of watching a saga like this. You want to be taken aback. You know, you want to go into the movie and have that Darth Vader moment. Yeah. You, you like, you know, it's like you could go watch a movie like Rogue One and think and assume like, okay, it's all about the rebels. It's all about the plans to steal the Death Star plans. You know, it's, 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 it's all about that. And then you get the Darth Vader moment, and then you're like, "What? Like, I was not expecting that, yeah. you know." And yeah. so even even him showing up with his Mustafar with his castle, like even that scene was cool. Like I thought that's all we were gonna get, and then I got this big, huge hallway scene at the end. It's like, yes, you know, yeah. it it just yeah. takes you off the edge of your seat to yeah. the point where you're standing up in the theater. Yeah. The more I think about it, the less I want him to come back just to give guidance, because he's the chosen one. Like this is the guy that should be bringing balance to the force, and and um, so you know my my theory is probably very out there. It's it's super incorrect, but but it's just it's just like something for me to like wrap my head around of like okay, how would they bring it back if they did? You know, I don't want them to show up, and I thought it would be cool in the Last Jedi. It's a missed opportunity, um, but uh, for for him to show up and give guidance to Kylo Ren or Rey or somebody of importance in that yeah. story or Luke even his own son and um missed opportunity there but but um I found this little piece from the Journal of Wills now do you know what the Journal of Wills is no okay so the Journal Journal of Wills was, was what George basically wrote as as the beginnings and like the the entirety of like the force kind of explained sort of thing, right? So the wills are what's 
it's uh, it's, it's, it's like what, it's like what Qui Gon says, like when when Anakin asks what midi chlorians are, he says uh, midi chlorians are tiny microbiotic life forms in your in your in your blood. They live inside you, and these and then Anakin's like, "What? Well, they live inside me?" He's like, "Yes, they live inside you. They uh, they they help us commune with the wills of the Force or something something like that." So the wills essentially are these beings that exist outside of time and space sort of thing. They're like the, the makers or the gods of the galaxy sort of thing. And they are communicating. They're, they're basically, they use the midichlorians in all living things. Because the force is in all living things. Every But Jedi just have a high dosage of these, these microbiotic life forms in them that gives them the ability to use the force, uh, which makes a Jedi over a normal person like you know if if a normal and you know there, there's prequel haters out there that are like oh i hate midichlorians you know i thought everyone could be a jedi at some point yeah well i mean matter of the fact is like not everyone's jedi okay not everyone's a freaking harry potter <laughs> not everyone's a chosen one you know it's like it's like yeah. being a jedi is a it's a gift it's a it's a it's a it's a very unique a special thing you know it's it, it it's limitation which 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 is key to the destruction of the jedi order if 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 the if knowledge of the jedi existed out which i know we've 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 known that palpatine is out to destroy knowledge and existence of the jedi but if if any of it got into the hands of say that kid from the last jedi with the broomstick like boom you've, you'd have jedi popping up all over the place you know you, you'd have you'd have people exploring I, I was talking with this with Ian and AJ on the last episode about this book called Force Collector about a kid. He's he's got the Force, and he's super interested in discovering more about his ability once his grandmother or something tells him that he's got the Force. So he goes exploring the galaxy, trying to find relics and stuff of the older old days, the old Republic, and and he has an ability called psychometry. Psychometry allows him to touch an object and sense its past, its story. It's kind of like when Ray touches the Skywalker lightsaber and senses and and she gets a glimpse into the past. She she's witnessing that moment on Bespin when Luke fights Vader, but from down the hallway, she's kind of like there but not there. And then she sees Kylo Ren with the Knights of Ren tearing apart this this alien through the chest with his lightsaber and then and then they're standing in the rain and the thunder and then she has a glimpse into her past which she she gets left on jakku and the 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 ship is like flying away right so yeah so so i mean like that's that's what psychometry is you're able to touch an object and feel it's it's story sort of thing and um you know it's like if you if if and you know say say he was able to do that it's like yeah he's able to all of a sudden, he's able to find out who, what the Jedi are, and he pops up, and now, now he's a Jedi, right? Like, it's like not everyone could be a Jedi. The people who the Force allows it to be is a Jedi. Like Anakin was created through the Force without even a father. Like that was done, you know, in in canon. They give suggestion that it's a result of Palpatine and Plagueis's work of trying to create life, and it's like the Force fighting back. But the force doesn't have a conscience, or does it? The force has the wills. The wills are kind of the top tier thing, right? Yeah. So the wills are also what George pictured as t the storytellers, the ones who were, because it's a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Who's telling the story? 
right? So, so it's a way that he was able to connect the Star Wars story to our real world and tell it as a story that existed in, as a mythology. And, and there's a little passage from the Journal of the Wills. This was written in the first page of the Force Awakens novelization. So it's, it's technically canon. Uh, also in Rogue One, we had uh, the Guardians of the Wills, that, that uh, Donnie Yen's character um, was a Guardian of the Wills. I'm not entirely sure what the... I, I, it's been a long time since I looked into what, is, what the Guardians of the Wills actually did. But we know that they were protecting kyber crystals and all this and that. So this passage says, first comes the day, then comes the night. After the darkness shines through the light. The difference, they say, is only made right by the resolving of gray through refined Jedi sight. It's very much sounding like, a, you know, that scene when in, uh, what's it called? The Last Jedi, mm -hmm. when Rey and Luke uh, are at the temple, like the old temple, like the what what's left of it. Yeah. Uh, and it gets destroyed. Uh, I think that passage could be something written in some sort of Jedi Bible. Wait, is this the is this the the temple like the you're talking about that little village where the on the first on Acto? Or Acto? I can't remember. Does Yoda destroy this temple, or does Luke? I think it was. Yoda. Oh, you're talking about the tree, yes. the tree with the books that were inside. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. Okay, so so what about the tree? So I'm thinking that that passage could be from some sort of Jedi Bible that kind of explains yeah. the, the Force and like it, it like how how it is, how it became, what it does, and just its yeah. its foundation and its origins. I think that could potentially be some sort of passage mm -hmm. from like a, a bible of some sort yeah yeah From no there, totally could be i don't i I've, honestly i have no idea what this means i don't have i don't have any idea like what this has to do with like any prophecies neither, or anything. Neither do it's I. just a cool it's a cool little passage okay there's also two more passages here there's one that uh, says uh the truth in our soul is that nothing is true the question of life is what then do we do the burden is ours to penance we hew the force blinds us all from a certain point of view and then there's another one that says, dot, dot, dot. And in the time of greatest despair, there shall come a savior and he shall be known as the son of sons. The son, the son being spelt S-O-N and sons being spelt S-U-N-S. Hmm. Now, I know two son of sons. Anakin, who is, I would assume... I mean, he's he kind of lives on Tatooine by the time we meet him, which is got two sons on it. And then there's Luke, who is a son of Anakin, and he also lives on Tatooine beneath the the twin sons. I don't know if that has anything to do with it whatsoever, but uh, it I just thought it was an interesting little piece. Mm -hmm. The most interesting little thing, though, that I came across, which actually has relevance to what we're talking about today is there's a canon novel that came out earlier this summer and it revealed the entire prophecy of the chosen one. We've only gotten glimpse of it over, over the films and everything. This is the entire prophecy of the chosen one right here. It was written in master and apprentice in, in that novel. So this is how it goes. 
The danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. When the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. When the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. A chosen one shall come, born of no father, and through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored. That now, novel was written this year, and The Rise of Skywalker started filming, I believe it was last year. Or maybe it was earlier this year. But this book definitely has come out after the starting point to production of The Rise of Skywalker. There is absolutely no question of, like, there's no doubt in my mind that there's, like, a reason for that being in there, you know? It is a book about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and young Dooku and whatever. But but uh, it's it's very cool that they put this in that book. Um, I think it adds a lot. And there is some speculation that this first passage here, the danger of the past is not past. So like the danger, if we take what we know now, if we take everything of what we've seen and assume that this prophecy has not been fulfilled, if we assume that it's completely like not been fulfilled, like the danger of the past is not past. We think it was past, but it isn't, right? Okay, that makes sense. But sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. So evil has been sleeping in an almost in a metaphorical egg. Could be this big ice thing that we've seen. And when the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy. We saw a star destroyer cracking right out of the ice or whatever that was. That could be that could be possibly something there. When the evil righteous dead. Sorry? Evil once dead. Yeah, exactly. Palpatine. Now here's here's where it gets interesting. When the righteous lose light, evil once dead shall return. So when the righteous lose light, that could be referring to Ben Solo. The righteous, righteous lose the light. Evil once dead shall return. That could be talking about Palpatine. When the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. I don't. I have no idea what that's talking about. But if Anakin did fulfill the prophecy in Return of the Jedi, he did destroy the Sith at the time. Palpatine is back. But uh, if balance was restored uh, back then then uh, this could be referring to the force itself. The dark side has not been defeated. The dark side is still around. So it could be talking about the force itself sickening. There's, an up, uh, there's a rising of darkness at this point in the galaxy. So it could be talking about that. And then it's talking about past and future must split and combine. And that's kind of where my theory comes in that, 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 I don't know, maybe there might be some sort of split like for the force ghosts and whatever else. But here it says, a chosen one shall come Born of no father. Anakin is no father. It, it's super obvious that this is talking about Anakin. And through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored. So now through him could be depicted in a few ways. It could be through being talking about the lineage of that, of that chosen one. Or it could be talking directly about the chosen one. I, I more suspect that it's talking about the chosen one itself himself otherwise it would be kind of weird that it has all this to do with the chosen one and then it, it ends up being the grandson or something or or whatever 
Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just an interesting little thing that I that I that I found out, which um, it adds a lot to like what's coming out on like the trailer and everything with with all that. So yeah. Anyway. Any and last any last words be, about the speculation? It it'll be good to see it. Like I'm very excited to see where they take this, but uh, the like I said before, they they've got to explain the story, like, um, and they have to justify it. They have to make it, you know, make sense of it all. Because you got to think about it. This is nine movies in the making, all made within very different time periods. You know prequels made in the early 2000s the originals in 70s and the early 80s and then we have these in the 2010s so all very different uh eras that in which they were filmed so there has to be some way in this ninth movie in this final chapter there has to be some way where they tie all of it together Mm -hmm. make sense of it all bring the balance to the force Mm -hmm. palpatine is back for a reason so we just Mm -hmm. read this yeah he's here for a reason they cannot bring palpatine back without bringing vader back or or anakin there's no way way. in some way in some way shape or form yeah i like i i i I would think it would be super cool if like somehow it uh since we've got palpatine if anakin comes back which would make sense uh if they do some sort of way where uh, you see his force ghost, but it's somewhat split. Yep. So you see maybe not necessarily a Vader force ghost, but you see like a, maybe like a pre Vader kind of like mm-hmm. force ghost, uh, like episode three kind of uh, force ghost. And then you see like episode six uh, force ghost, or you maybe see a split, but some way that they're going to bring balance to it all palpatine maybe dies or kylo ren dies or like rick who knows who knows so yeah i'm excited but at the same time like we'll i will i will leave it off with this and fans of the clone wars will know by watching the mortis trilogy and stuff you haven't you haven't watched those yet but you will Mm -hmm. and we're going to aim to do that before the rise of skywalker comes out um but for those of you who have seen the mortis trilogy all the episodes that have to do with the chosen one's prophecy, this and that, everything. Okay. The last thing I want to leave it at is when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they decanonized absolutely everything except the six movies that George did and the Clone Wars TV show, which means from the beginning, from before even The Force Awakens got a ink of pen on paper as a script. The arcs with Anakin on Mortis were still canon, which means that to me, from the beginning, from even before JJ came into the picture, that Anakin is, in fact, the chosen one. It's been very much established. So for them to put it in a book, like the full prophecy this year in a novel that's canon says something to me. It also says something that they consulted with George before writing this movie. And it says something that they are bringing Palpatine back. And it just, it leaves me with enough that I am almost convinced they're going to bring Hayden Christensen back. Yeah. We also had that uh, news online. Uh, Ian McDermott and Hayden Christensen attended a fan expo of some kind down in the States. And uh, Disney or something happened where last minute their panel was canceled. 
And a lot of people speculate it was Disney because they didn't want the, any accidental slippage of their involvement with the film. It was already announced that Ian McDermott was involved with the film. But Hayden Christensen, we have no idea. So, but it makes me wonder, hey, like, is this for both of them or not? Like, it's, it's, it gets me going, man. It gets yeah, me going. Yeah, I know, I know. It, like, it gets uh, me going. Uh, like, like, it yeah. gives me more hope for this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, so. like I said, final shot at redemption. This could be really bad way to end it or they could like it could be it. the greatest ending of all time it and it could be. be the worst it could we, be. we will never thing. know until it could, december it could really tie in the whole eight movies prior to this in such a beautiful way and put a final close to it all you know you close the book and that's it mm -hmm. or it could just be like wow these last three movies they were garbage uh and they just killed it yeah uh, at which point i would still stick with just the shows and the original six but uh there is is there hope? Yeah, I mean, we've got Palpatine, so that's that's to me that's huge. So we'll see what happens. I look forward to seeing this. Of course, I'm gonna go see it in the theaters, and uh, yeah, I just hope they do it right this time. Man. Yeah, yeah, I, that's all I ask. All right, you want to close off for us? Or? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, uh, gonna watch some more Clone Wars and get get a few more episodes in. We gotta get gotta get a lot done before the movie comes out. To kind of catch up with everything yeah but uh we'll get it done and i know i know we'll make it happen yeah for sure but yeah thanks for tuning in guys and we'll see you on the next episode all right diego thanks for coming back on star wars escape pod and uh chatting all about the star wars episode 9 the rise of skywalker final official trailer Kind of a mouthful, but tickets are available right now. If you have not secured your tickets for opening weekend, I'm sure you're on it. Uh, if not, get on it. Otherwise, uh, you're going to miss the boat and you're going to be going the, the week after because this is it. This is the last one. The last Skywalker Saga film. I have tickets to go to a 5 p.m. Thursday screening which is awesome. We get a pin and a small popcorn apparently. So, you know, hope it's worth the extra 15, 20 or 15, 15, 10 or 15 bucks. I think it is $30 tickets. Just crazy. Anyways. Um, what was it saying? Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. Rise of Skywalker right around the corner. Mandalorian comes out in a matter of 15 days. I think it is, which is pretty crazy. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, if you're not following our Twitter, our handle is SW Escape Podcast, and our email is escapepod at outlook.com. Uh, please shoot us your questions, send us an email, follow us on Twitter, share this podcast with your friends, family, and fellow fans. Once again, I'm your host, Josh. Today we had our co host, Diego, on the show. Thanks again for listening. May the force be with you.